Welcome to the Sports Block Podcast for this week, now on iTunes. So, big stuff there. Uh, we are pleased to be joined by 2080 co- uh, Baseball Podcast co-host Travis Krins. Uh, uh, Travis, how are you doing? That's my podcast. We're talking about baseball. Very good. You had Tim Kirkjian on last week. You had Rob Nyer as well. Uh, the interview with Tim Kirkjian, though, was absolutely outstanding work. Uh, Tim Kirkjian does it a whole different way. He's very excited. I don't know of a more enthusiastic baseball fan than Tim Kirkjian, who is also an analyst or a reporter. He's a big fan. He likes it. I think that comes through when he's talking about it. And uh, very happy to have him on there. He was very good, as great as you could have expected. And, uh, yeah, he was he was tremendous. So if you want to plug that now, again, it's the 2080 uh, Baseball Podcast. Uh, you can find it on iTunes. You do it with someone from the from, – is it from the Mitchell Daily Republic or is he with the radio sh- uh, station as well? The newspaper there, yep. Uh, Evan Hendershot, he's from Maine. He is a Yankees fan. So we've done – I guess three of these episodes now. We did a uh, one uh, in late February when I came up with the idea just to kind of talk about it. That's an hour long. And we did a National League preview and an American League preview the last two weeks. Those are each two hours long where we talk about every team for some length. Then we have those two interviews you talked about. So, yeah, 2080 Baseball Podcast on iTunes and it's also on Twitter at 20 underscore 80 podcast. So, it's very, very good. Uh, great work. And uh, you know Maine is just a hotbed for baseball, so uh, for baseball talent. So uh, good job there by Evan. Uh, very, like I said, outstanding work with with Tim Kirchin there. And uh, you plan to get some big names, hopefully throughout the season, I know. So that that's great. Keep up the good work there. Uh, you're also the co-host of this fine podcast, The Sports Block, and we will be talking plenty of baseball, probably not two hours for each league because that would be a little, what? A, little what? a little, much, I think, for the listening audience here. But uh, we'll start well, not with... Not enough for some. Maybe not enough. <laughs> that, that's true. Maybe not enough for some. That they're they're probably the Cardinals and the Twins and the Cubs fans out there. Uh, Twins fans are at least happy that as of the recording of this podcast, the Twins are undefeated. So good news for them. They won a game. Good. They won a game. Yes, they did. Impressive fashion, seven one. I told you, Irvin Santana. They needed to keep him because he's going to be the anchor of their pitching staff, and they really have no one else after that. So, uh, but we'll, we'll get to the Twins here later uh, in a little bit. First, though. March Madness is complete. Final four is done. UNC national champions, sixth time they've won the national championship. They won it 71 to 65 over Gonzaga. This was the matchup everyone wanted to see. And early on, it looked like it was going to be a, a good game, both teams going back and forth. And then in the second half, the officials took over, called 27 fouls. It was extremely choppy. It was bad to watch, but at least it was close. Uh, but, uh, the officials needed to swallow the whistle, and they did not, and that took away from what could have been a very good championship game. The refereeing was bad. Both teams couldn't shoot for shit. Right. This ended our run of a year straight with the big, the big championship games 
had great games. I was hoping for a great finish. We couldn't even get that, for Christ's sake. It was a bad game. It wasn't very good. Um, yeah, both teams deserve to lose this one, but uh, thankfully Carolina won, so I'm unhappy about that. Yep, as am I. But goddamn, this this was a bad game. Uh, the two two calls I didn't see, see it at the time, but when the the, the, the Kennedy Meeks tie up where his hand was out of bounds, I didn't see that. I didn't catch it live. What I did catch live was when like shortly after that Gonzaga threw it in bounds. The guy's foot was over the line. I saw that live. I'm like, mm, they missed that. And you look back at it, and yes, his, his foot was over the line. Those were two huge calls where guys were not where they were supposed to be. Um, there was a shot there with like five minutes to go. Uh, Gonzaga airballed the three at the top of the key. They called it off of Carolina. Yep. Uh, Carolina guy didn't touch it. It was close, but they didn't touch it. Um, that's something we'd like to get reviewed. That's something where you should have a guy looking at that because you have to watch that one time to tell he didn't touch it, and that could take all of 30 seconds. That's unfortunate. Uh, it, it, it's, there was nothing good about it, so that was, was very disappointing. I, the the play you mentioned where the where Gonzaga guy is stepping over the line, I didn't see that, and I don't, I didn't hear that mentioned at all Tuesday. And with everyone talk, all that anyone was talking about was Kennedy Meeks with his hand on, you know, out of bounds. It, it's funny because the officials don't catch these sorts of bad plays. And by the way, I completely agree with you. I think they need to make this reviewable, but they have to put a timer on it. If you can't tell in 30 seconds, because we've seen some calls. Uh, the Gonzaga-West Virginia game immediately comes to mind, a, a call that took four or five minutes to look at. you got to put these guys on a clock. It's got to be a minute tops. you got to make that decision and go. But... These plays have to be reviewable, and I think the NCAA hopefully will look at that in the off season here and implement that rule. But I, going back to the officials in general, how do you miss some of these calls and then make the calls that you do? Let the guys play a little bit. Uh, you obviously you don't want anything blatant to get by you, but I mean these were a lot of ticky tack fouls that they were calling. Yeah, I mean, there were calls where, like, yeah, it's not a foul, and then there were calls like, well, that should have been a foul, and it wasn't. It was very, just wasn't good. Just right. wasn't good. Uh, what they called a, a flagrant on, was it Karnowski late in the game? Yep. When uh, when the point guard, when Barry, there was a tussle there, and you probably just call a foul on Karnowski, uh, and they called a foul on Barry as well, and... Well, that could have been a makeup because Barry never should have been called for the foul to begin with. No. He got that. It was a clean steal that he got there. He, yep. So. Then Karnowski kind of takes him by the back of the jersey and pulls him down, which he can't do. And, so, and stuff like that. It was, yeah, a couple steals and blocks that were clean as a sheet that were called fouls. Uh, very bad. Very bad all around. And, uh, yeah, these are two. Two really good teams, and uh, very disappointed that uh, we didn't get the game that a lot of people thought we could. Well, yeah, it, like I say, though, at least it was close. I mean, the, and it went back and forth, so it wasn't like one team was up a, by a, a lot and then the other team came back. I mean, we saw some outstanding semifinal games on Saturday. Uh, Gonzaga, South Carolina wasn't the greatest per se, 
But when South Carolina made that comeback on that, that 16-0 run, then Gonzaga had to respond, so that was good. And then the Oregon-North Carolina game, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, how Oregon could not get a rebound there off the missed free throws. I mean, if, if I was North Carolina, I would have just practiced free throws all day on Sunday because, and obviously they didn't because they missed a bunch Monday night. But that we were treated to two, I thought, really good final four games, uh, semifinal games on Saturday. Yeah, the rebounding there at the end. I mean, Carroll, what, four, four missed free throws? They were giving them. Yep. Give it, win the game, Oregon. We are begging you. Win the game and beat us. And they couldn't couldn't even get the rebound. And, yeah, South Carolina, what a, what a deal there by South Carolina. They, you know, making that to 16 nothing run. And, that, I mean, they were – they, they were probably the team of the tournament. Yes. As far as, they, they were just great. And likewise, on the women's side, Mississippi State was the team of the tournament. They made it to the championship game, lost to South Carolina and Don Staley, who, uh, who becomes, I believe, the second African-American head coach ever to win a national championship in women's basketball. Uh, Carolyn Peck did it with Purdue. But uh, Mississippi State to take down UConn. Uh, snap the 111-game win streak. It's one of the greatest upsets, not just in women's college basketball history, but I would say in all of sports. Uh, given that Mississippi State lost by 60 the year before, and the comeback and beat them, and with the smallest player on the court making the game-winning shot was absolutely great. Uh, so, so that was good. Did you watch any of that game? I saw the last minute of regulation, and I saw the uh, and I saw the overtime. That's what I saw. All right, so you saw what mattered there. I mean, Mississippi State got up by 18 points in the first half right away, and UConn kept chipping away. And as they did, and once they finally got the lead, you wondered how Mississippi State would respond. And they did. They they responded very well, I thought. I'll say this. As bad as the national championship was for the men, whatever the hell I saw there in that uh, Final Four game, that was bad. That was truly bad. It was close, and you had the winning streak and all that, but what, it was 6-4 to four in overtime. And two of those four points came from UConn on a terrible flagrant foul yet again. That was that's, that's why people don't watch women's basketball, because of that. That was so bad. That was embarrassing to watch. 6-4 be- to four in overtime. It was close and all that, but everything meant a lot. But God damn, that was terrible to watch. Neither team could make a shot. UConn made one shot in, in overtime. Uh, and I, was, I agree with that, uh, but bad. I guess just given given the magnitude of the game, uh, I thought it, that helps. Uh, and and we, we've seen bad, you know, we've seen teams not fail to score a bucket in overtime to, to begin with. I mean, I, I guess I'm even just thinking back to the Summit League tournament when we watched USD beat Western Illinois, and Western Illinois didn't even make a basket. They made one free throw. Uh, I mean, we've seen bad overtime outings like that, but the women's team or women's game is uh, tournaments done. I like that they did it Friday Sunday. I hope they do that still in the in the oh. future. That was good. Uh, I, I uh, let me. Uh, there's we've talked in the past about UConn and whether that's good or bad, and I had said at the time that it's good because I assumed people would be more likely to watch that because of UConn, but um, I came across a stat which says that's not the case. And, uh, since two, yeah, go since ahead. 2004, since 2004, that's 13 years, five of the six most watched women's 
NCAA tournament finals have not involved UConn. Five of the six have not. Five of the least watched have. So, according to that, UConn is not a draw. People are more likely to watch when they're not involved. Well, and I think people just assume that UConn's going to win. Now, you would think that in a championship game, maybe more people would watch to see if they would be an upset. But I even saw the ticket prices were up by like an average of $200 for the final now when Mississippi State won and faced South Carolina because UConn wasn't in it. So that maybe it's the fact that Mississippi State is very close to Dallas. It's an eight-hour drive. Uh, that probably had something to do with it. And the fact that it was an all-SEC game, so you, there's more of a rivalry in there than you might get with any other pairing. But for what it's worth, yeah, the, the average ticket price for the final went up as well. Back to the men's side quickly. Last year when UNC lost to Villanova in, in that heartbreaking fashion, but one of the best, that, that started this whole championship game. Uh, great finishes, great championship games for the year. But... UNC brought their their core guys back, and I, I'm wondering, will do you think Justin Jackson will forego his senior year and enter the NBA draft? Do you think Joel Berry will forego his senior season and uh, enter the NBA draft? Because if they want to come back, they they have a couple of good freshmen coming in. They they have enough there that I think they would make another deep run towards a Final Four, maybe a championship. I don't know if they will or not, but then again, looking on Gonzaga, you have a bunch of seniors, but you have a lot of good young talent there. I didn't realize Nigel Williams-Goss was only a junior, but you have, the, what, that Jordan Williams, you have Zach Collins, and they have a couple... Uh, he, I mean, Collins was a freshman, and McDonald's All-American, and... Um... Karnowski kind of took his spot because Karnowski missed last year with a back injury and they expected him not to be there and to play last year. But Collins Collins might go. I think Collins is probably going to go to the draft. Williams Goss, uh, he's a second-round pick now, I would say. I think he should come back, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone. But I think Nick uh, Zach Collins is definitely gone. Uh, Jackson, I would say, is gone. Barry, I should say, should probably come back. The the, the the reason why I ask this, though, is that you have a chance, and especially with Zach Collins at Gonzaga, you have two uh, McDonald's All-Americans coming in. Gonzaga is poised to do some really good things next year as well. I'm predicting that already that they will make it back to the Final Four. And UNC would keep, I mean, it, it's going to be difficult to replace a Kennedy Meeks. But you, if Joel Berry and Justin Jackson came back, and maybe Jackson wants to come back because he had an, an absolutely atrocious championship game. He was 0 of 9 from beyond the arc. That He was forcing things left and right. Maybe they want to come back and see if they can make it to three straight championship games because they absolutely have the talent. And if they do come back, I would put them as one of the final, I would put them in the final four next year already as well. I think he's going to go because he won his national championship. He'd be a late, a late first round pick. Um, yeah, but if, if, if both of them would come back, I would absolutely think they'd be the favorite. I'd put them as the favorite if those two came back. But I just expect Barry to come back. I don't know how much of a pro career he has anyway, but I think he is their most important player. So, uh, yeah, three for Roy Williams, three that I've seen, and it's the only three times I've ever picked the winner. So uh, it was good to, good to see Carolina win, 
And um, here's what I'll say about this, since we're talking a little bit about next year. What pisses me off is, like, I was on ESPN.com. Like, I don't even know if the championship game was over. It wasn't over for less than maybe a half hour of that. And they've already got, they're like, one of their lead stories. Next year's odds and Louisville and Duke. And these are the favorites for next year. And Kentucky. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then today, the lead story on, on, a, on the Tuesday after was John Calipari and another story on who the favorites are next year. I'm like, could, could we go a day? Could we go one goddamn day well, without saying, oh, 2017-18, and, and, and the bracketology is already out. I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? What well, the hell are we doing? I, okay, but you say that if you want to criticize college basketball for that, college football does wow. it as well. It's I mean, like... I know we always, at the end of the, you know, that's a post game at the college football, they'll always ask, oh, what do you think next year? Oh, no shit, Alabama's going to be good. Yeah. And it's like, all right, and they come out with their, you know, their top 25. I'm like, all right, why can't we just for once just fucking stop for like a week? Say, all right, North Carolina won, and we had a good tournament. All right. And we all, we're always looking ahead. Like, fuck, could we stop for a week? <laughs> just say, all right, let's take a breath here. Let's. Reset everything. Let's just stop for a couple days before we're like, oh well, who's who's Kentucky bringing in? I'm like, all right. Well, people have, uh, will already forget that college basketball though starting probably Wednesday or Thursday. So you got to get it while you while you can. Sure. We're gonna miss the college basketball season. Watched a lot of it this year. I hope to watch a lot of it again next year. Uh, very good. So we we put the college basketball season to bed. Uh, you know, Tuesday, everyone's talking about UNC and Gonzaga, the national championship game, but they didn't talk about it for very long because, what, about 7 a.m., 7.30, I guess, maybe closer to 8 a.m. Eastern time, ESPN, Adam Schefter reports the bombshell that uh, Tony Romo's going to retire and for, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, so he's not going to play anywhere this year, not going to play in Houston, not going to play in Denver. The Cowboys won't trade him. They end up releasing him, and then... Like an hour later, he signs with CBS and is going to be their number one analyst. So Phil Simms gets the boot. Uh, what a what an absolutely crazy sort of turn of events that happened that took place regarding Tony Romo on Tuesday. Figured he played, would play, and I'm sure there'll be rumors all year long about him playing when somebody gets hurt. But uh, yeah, apparently, I'm sure he could still play. But it's just a matter of uh, when he when he'll get hurt. But um, I was surprised by it. Uh, I don't know how good he is at this because he's never done this before. But uh, I mean, yeah, it'd be pretty damn good if they're willing to put you as the number one guy. And uh, Phil Simms doesn't really bring anything to the table, so that's a good move. Whoever you're bringing in, no matter how much of an unknown, should be better than than Phil Simms. I so, think uh, I think it would make sense for Phil Simms to go to Fox. I think they'll say it's CBS and just do and just go down the. Go down the ladder a little bit. Also, I don't know where where they're going to put them, but um, well, also heard a rumor that uh, I won't I won't expect this, but I heard a rumor that Romo might do golf coverage as well. Whoa! I believe he's like a scratch golfer. Yes, he is. That that would be interesting. And with the Thursday night and the Sunday night, I mean, he is doing a lot of games. So. Yeah, he is, and. He- it, it's kind of odd that he would jump to that number one slot right away, considering, as you mentioned, he's never done this before. I yeah. mean, so 
they obviously CBS thinks really high of him, and 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 uh, any network does as well, because like, Fox was going after him. I think NBC was trying to make a push for him as well. So they. And I'm sure that he saw that, and that he's like, well, Fox, I'm not gonna be a number one there. He could only be number one at CBS. Right. Uh, I I thought Houston would that he would land in Houston, and I think Houston thought Romo would end up in Houston. Romo said Houston was his number one spot. And now you look at the quarterback situation in Houston, and it's awful. I mean, you have Brandon Whedon and Tom Savage. They they got to go out and get Colin Kaepernick. Also, he's the best one out there. Him or Jay Cutler, you got to get one of them. And I would go Kaepernick. And uh, Bill O'Brien, Texans head coach, mentioned that last week at the NFL owners meetings in Arizona. He said, you know, we've discussed Colin Kaepernick. Now that the Romo situation is put to bed, I, I think you have to try and go for him because. Otherwise, if you even if you want to draft a quarterback in this month's draft, I mean, you are wasting J.J. Watt. And a Holy good, shit, it is. When is the draft? Uh, April 27th. Uh, Holy yeah. heavens. Yeah. Stunned. And, and before that, we got the NFL schedule release. <laughs> Terrific. Your favorite, your favorite goddamn thing ever. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean... I just think Houston now is poised for monumental disappointment unless they can somehow strike gold with a, with either a draft pick or by signing Colin Kaepernick to salvage a season that already could be over before it begins because their quarterback situation is so bad. Would you say Tom Savage or whoever they have as quarterback would be better than Brock Osweiler? Mm. Or not any worse? Probably... Not any worse, but I think the upside with Osweiler would probably be better than with Savage at this point. But then again, it, it I don't know. They've already won a division and made the playoffs, and you know they beat the Raiders with their ninth-string quarterback. They've done well with terrible quarterbacks in the past. Yes, so they, they have. Still do well. They can still do well, even if their quarterback is very bad. I'm already on record as saying the Titans will win the AFC South next year. Jacksonville's getting better, but I've, I've been on that train before in Jacksonville. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna jump on them right now. But Tennessee's the team to me that's the the team to beat in that division. Uh, but the AFC South's gonna be competitive this year. They have four decent teams, but which one will rise to the top? I think it's it's the most difficult division. To peg in football, but we'll we'll get to that later on. One final sure. note: I'll, I'll, I'll jump on your Jacksonville bandwagon when they get a quarterback worth of shit. Oh, that's why I said I'm not taking I'm not taking Jacksonville this right. year. I'm I'm waiting. They they proved me wrong last year, so I'm saying you know what? Wait and see. Prove me wrong this year, Jacksonville. I'm not picking you. Prove me wrong. One other note here on this: Phil Sims. I think a, a jump to Fox would be good because he could take John Lynch's spot, and because Fox has no one else worth a damn outside of their second uh, team but the with Tony Gonzalez leaving CBS 2 I could see Phil Sims maybe filling in that studio spot that wouldn't be a bad spot for him either that would make a lot of sense yeah that would make a lot of sense I, I think either one of those two spots would be best if you really don't want to do call in games with anyone other than Jim Nance at CBS you gotta jump to Fox and take John Lynch's spot otherwise do the studio work at CBS. Speaking of CBS, a tradition unlike any other, the Masters begins this week, and uh, that's on ESPN and CBS. 
quick Masters preview here. Tiger Woods ain't playing. It's going to be windy the first couple of days. That favors some of the veteran players. I mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, I think on the Google chat, that I was taking Jordan Spieth, but I'm switching courses and going Dustin what? Johnson to win it. He's won, what, three tournaments in a row. He's on top of his game. I will take Jordan Spieth as my second choice, but uh, Dustin Johnson right now I'm going to say is going to win the green jacket. Take the top Asian, whoever that is. Or the Deki Matsuama, whoever the hell. Um, I probably watch more college basketball this year than I ever have. I probably watch less of the majors in golf than I have last year ever, for whatever reason. And I'm not really excited about this year. We'll see what happens. Uh, Tiger Woods, he should never play again. He is He's absolutely finished. So. Is his fall I, from grace the worst we've ever seen in sports? Considering he was, he was, he was Michael Jordan after Michael Jordan. He was the number one guy. And yeah, I would say he'd be number one. Yep. Just given the the scandal that happened with him and um, his ex-wife, and then. Uh, of course, the the multitude of injuries he's had since then. It's just been a, it's been painful to watch. I want him so badly to get to regain his form or at least win another major. But um, yeah, at this point, it's it's just painful to watch him. It's embarrassing. You feel sorry for him, and it's it's a fall from grace, unlike any other we've seen, given the the couple of different. Things that have tra- you know happened with him with between the injuries and of course the scandal and his father dying too. It's just all in all, not good. He physically can't do it. It's it just it is impossible. He cannot physically do it. I was curious when because I had heard that oh Mike Tirico's at Augusta. He's going to be doing golf coverage this week. I, I thought what 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 the hell? I mean he's he's with CBS or I mean he's with he's with NBC and CBS is doing the coverage and ESPN's doing it on Thursday Friday. But he's doing it with the Golf Channel, which makes a lot of sense. So he'll be hosting daytime uh, coverage there. Um, anything else before we get into the baseball preview? Amazon did $50 million to stream Thursday Night Football. Yep, saw that. That's $5 million a game for 10 games. Twitter only had it for $10 million last year. I don't know why. I'm sure it'll work out. But you got the games on CBS and NBC and the NFL Network, but those first two... That's free TV. Yep. They're both, I believe, they're both on their caps. I don't know if you need to log in for that or if that's free. You can watch it that way. I believe you need an Amazon Prime subscription, which is $10 a month or on average or $100 a year or something like that to watch this. So I don't know who the hell's watching this on Amazon. People watch it on Twitter, not a lot. They, they got a few. They got a decent number, though, given where yeah, you could watch it. That was free on Twitter. You would go on Twitter during the thing, and it'd pop up, and that was that was fine. So I'm so I believe this is that's a hell of an increase from ten million, fifty million. I think it's just for one year. So I'm interested to see what happens well, in the future because I think this is 
I think we'll look back at this as a big deal because I think this is where things may be headed. I 100% agree with you. I was just going to say that I think the reason why Amazon's jumping up so high in the price is because they want to show the NFL, hey, when that next TV deal comes up, and you're thinking about doing maybe more live streaming on, you know, and, and going away from cable. Think of us, and they want to put out that good quality. So yeah, I, I think that you 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 hit the nail right on the head that we look back at this, and that that's going to be a big deal. The 50 million with Amazon, I would prefer it just to be on uh, on cable, but you know, well, you know, keep it the way it is. But uh, if it, if it's going streaming. As long as it's easy to access and you can see all the games and stuff, that's that's really all that matters. I don't know what it is, but you watch it on CBS, and I just can't watch it. But for whatever reason, just NBC, it looks good on NBC. And if it's there, I'll maybe watch a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, I mean, everything looks good on NBC. Hockey looks good. Basketball 100 years ago looked good. Everything looks good on NBC. Yes. Agreed. They know how to do their stuff. Uh, too bad they won't have hockey on the Winter Olympics in 2018. Oh, I uh, this this might be the stupidest, I the stupidest thing that the NHL could do. If you want people to, if you want to gain that casual fan, and we remember the the overall excitement from the 2010 Winter Games in Vancouver, and then what happened in Sochi, Russia, in 2014 with. Uh, with T.J. Oshie becoming a household name when he scored that goal against Russia. I, I get that it's a huge strain on your season to have a three-week stoppage of play in the middle of February, but the exposure that you get for the game, and and maybe the IOC does need to con- you know concede a little bit with some and the NHL and meet some of the NHL's demands. But you are ticking off not only your your players, but you are destroying a chance to gain more fans, gain more, get more people to talk about the sport, pay attention to hockey as you get into the playoffs. Then uh, this is a grave mistake, I believe, by the NHL. I'd like to see how many players are going to actually play. But Ovechkin said he's playing. I'm sure a lot of other Canadians, Russians, are going to play too. That are in the NHL. Gotta imagine. So, I mean, and you look at some Americans here. I mean, what's what's to say that Zach Parise and Ryan Suter of the Minnesota Wild wouldn't go? I mean, I don't know where the where America would get their their players. UHL, AHL, the uh, high school. You're gonna you're gonna ransack the Minnesota State high school hockey. Uh, league for for these guys? Are you going to go to the college ranks? I, I just don't know. I think it's just dumb. A, a terrible decision by the NHL. I believe the NHLPA said it was very uh, short-sighted. You want to grow the game. And hockey isn't very popular, We as we know. Uh, this is this just seems like a terrible decision by them. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. They've made it work in the past. It's been fine. It uh, doesn't make any sense to me. They want to do it for 2022, from what I've gathered. So I don't know if it's the fact that it was just in South Korea that. Oh, it's been in Asia before, and that hasn't mattered. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know why it was such a big issue this year, but uh, yeah, not, not good. It, not good by the NHL. A terrible decision there. 
Uh, anything Before else? Uh, NBA, a couple weeks away from the playoffs, they're going to go nuts. Uh, Boston, Cleveland play this week, winner of that. Probably going to get the one seed. That'll be interesting there. Um, Russell Westbrook notched his 41st triple-double against Milwaukee Tuesday night. He's amazing. I don't know. Like, the East, to me, seems like it's back to the 2000. One two thousand five type level of just absolute garbage. It was very good last year. I don't know what the hell happened. Um, you've got right now Bulls and Pacers thirty eight and forty. A couple games left. They're tied for the seven and eight uh, eight seed. Miami's a game or a half game behind them. Hawks are probably going to finish over 500, but they're only a game over. Milwaukee's are five, so they're 40 and 38. They're probably going to finish with you know 42, 43 wins. But uh, I'm not saying I'm not, not going to watch the East playoffs. But Jesus Christ, this is this is embarrassing. This is bad. Uh, the West should be loads of fun as usual, and the East is terrible. And despite Cleveland's struggles, if they don't win this uh, thing, if LeBron doesn't win this for the t- for the tenth year in a row. Uh, this would be the most embarrassing thing of his career. Because there's, yeah. outside of Boston, there's nobody. I mean, Washington's playing. They've, they've done better. But there, there's nothing here. There is nothing here at all. There, I mean, there's, there's, there might be only two teams over 50, 50 wins. That's embarrassing. Right now, the, on the in the West, you're right, the Western Conference is significantly more interesting. But San Antonio, it really, I guess it's only the two series that we get. San Antonio Memphis does absolutely nothing for me. San Antonio will sweep them, or at worst case, beat them in five. Screw Memphis. Memphis always plays. Memphis always plays. They beat them there years ago as an eight seed or a seven seed. They always play them tough. They're playing on Tuesday night. The game was 35 to 34 at the half. Just a tremendous game. Uh, Both teams are struggling to get over 80 tonight. Spurs, Memphis, uh, I'd say that's, that's worthwhile. Not to watch, but it could be close. It, just, um, it doesn't do anything for me. Houston, Oklahoma City is going to do something for me. Uh, and honestly, I... Oh, I mean, that, that, that's great. That's I, just... That, that's the best, the best matchup of the first round, potentially. And I, I think that's what we're going to get, barring a miraculous thing happening here. And the other series that in, really intrigues me is the Clippers and the Jazz. Because the Jazz have some really good players. Uh, Rudy Gobert is a fantastic big man that no one ever talks about. You have Gordon Hayward for Utah. Utah's fun to watch. And the Clippers, they're, they're, they're just the Clippers. I mean, you they've taken over L.A. right now as L.A.'s team until Magic Johnson uh, wants to turn the Lakers into a winner. Uh, but Hill's averaging like 17 points for Utah. Yep. Very good. I th- I just think that that's, that series intrigues me a lot because Utah seems like a very sneaky, dangerous team. Yeah, Oklahoma City, Houston, that's that's it right there, boys. That is fantastic. Um, Houston Spurs in the second round, if we get that. Uh, Houston may, I mean, I've been waiting for my Spurs Warriors every year. Uh, Houston, they're fun. They score a boatload of points. Uh, the Jazz, yeah, if it's Jazz, Warriors, that'd be interesting. So we got some good matchups in the Western Conference in the second round here. The East, I mean, we don't even know what's going on in the East, but just 
complete trash. The one and two seeds are tied. The three and four seeds are tied. The five and six seeds are a half team behind or a half team between them. The seven and eight seeds are tied. So we can't say with any certainty what the hell is going to happen. You're going to have some garbage like Toronto, Atlanta, Toronto, Milwaukee, Washington, Atlanta. Who in the hell is watching this crap? Hey, 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 the Greek freak from Milwaukee. you got to watch him. He's, He's fantastic. Oh, fantastic. Terrific. And... Uh, every team in the East is averaging over 100 points, which a couple years ago was unheard of. The only team in the NBA not averaging over 100 points is Dallas, which is unbelievable. Even the Brooklyn um, Nets are averaging over 100 points? That's amazing. Brooklyn Nets are averaging uh, 106. They give up 112. Even, let's see, let's go back five years, 2000. 12, 13, four, four, five years. Four years ago, um, only two teams in the East were averaging 100. The Knicks averaged 100 exactly. The Heat average averaged 102. In the West, we only had nine teams. So four years ago, 11 teams averaged 100 points. Four years later, everybody's averaging 100 points. Well, big increase. Again, lack of defense in the NBA. I've said it for years. Uh, what the hell was it uh, four years ago then? When nobody could score 100. I don't know. Uh, p- poor I'd offense. I'd say the three-point shot has been uh, a, a tremendous tremendous factor. In yes. Oh, yeah, because teams are taking three-pointers like crazy now. I mean, you want big guys to go out and take a three-point shot. And look at Carl Anthony Towns. For the for the Timberwolves, he should be looked at as like that true big man, that center, and he can go outside and pop a three. So, yeah, ab- absolutely. But uh, we'll get a full NBA uh, playoff preview in next week. We'll we'll preview the NHL playoffs as well. Hopefully, we can get Marcus in for that. We'll have Jeff Lloyd the second from TurnOnTheJets.com to start previewing the uh, NFL draft. So that'll be good news. I don't think anyone has gotten more talk than Patrick. Uh, McCombs or the, whoever that Mahomes, excuse me, from Texas Tech. So uh, he his draft stock certainly seems to be rising a lot. But let's talk some baseball. America's former pastime, great American pastime. How dare you? <laughs> uh, we know, obviously, we know, of course, it's a sport that you love, as evidenced by the fact that you do the 2080 Baseball podcast now, unveiling it this year. Uh, we'll just. We'll start in the American League first. Uh, in the East, the 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 Red Sox got Chris Sale, and that's pretty much all you need to know. That they're starting pitching. If David Price can sort of come back, you put him and Chris Sale there. That's outstanding. They have great hitters. Uh, Boston is the team to beat in the East, without a doubt. Yeah, they have the best offense in. Uh... Them and the Cubs have the two best offenses in baseball. Uh, I um, Starting pitching, you mentioned it. David Price is hurt. I don't know how well that's going to go. I wouldn't count on him for much. Uh, Chris Sale, great. Rick Porcello on the side. In the last year. I, and it, it, how, how many yeah. times do people forget about that? I, I forget about Rick Porcello. I forgot about it uh, before I had to look it up. 22-4, um, and four, he ain't doing that again this year. Um Drew Pomeranz is a pitcher. Stephen Wright is a knuckleballer who 
you'd expect to not do as well as he did last year. They lose the Eleanor Ortiz, but uh, their offense is great. Um, they have a, an outfielder, a little white guy, Andrew Benatendi, who I think is going to be Rookie of the Year, kind of a Dustin Pedroia-type guy. Um, Tim Kirk didn't really seem to love him. He did. He did. He liked him, too. Um, and he's a very good hitter on a team of very good hitters. So, uh, they are the favorite in this division. Um, just a matter of if they, if they get enough pitching. Uh, I, mean, they need, I, I think they need, especially if David Price is out, I think they need one more guy. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> but, I mean, New York... The question is about their starting pitching. Their bullpen seems to be pretty good. They got a Roldis Chapman back, and they have a lot of good young guys. You could see New York on, you know, release all of these young guys out in swarm. And I don't mean release to other teams, but they just brought them up from the farm systems, and then they just unleashed them. And they, I mean, they they played very well last year, and I think New York is certainly going to be in the mix for the AL East. Uh, Baltimore is going to be good too. I'm down on Toronto this year. I think losing Edwin Encarnacion is a is a big loss for them. Uh, I don't know how well their starting pitching is going to hold up. I just think Toronto will suffer this year a little bit. Yeah, they lose some. They lose Edwin. I think they're starting. I would say outside of Cleveland, they have the best starting rotation in the American League. Really. Yes. You look at it, they got Marcus Stroman. Um, he's exciting. Uh, Marco Estrada started opening day for them. He's done well the last couple of years. Uh, Aaron Sanchez, young guy. Last year was his rookie year. They had to shut him down a little bit. Um, he's probably their best pitcher, but he's still very young. Uh, Jay Happ has exceeded expectations. And you have one of my favorites of all time, F. Lariano. And uh, mm-hmm. he's a five-starter, so if, uh, if he can find something uh, kind of like he did in Pittsburgh, I think that's a good it's a good five right there. That's a strong five. Most of the teams in the American League, I have questions after you get past number two or number three. All five of those guys are above average. All right. You're persuading me on Toronto a little bit here. Only in Tampa Bay, uh, I don't think they're going to do much. I think this is the best division in baseball top to bottom. Um, I, my two teams that I like to do better than do better than last year, I guess, Tampa Bay and Oakland. Um, Tampa Bay can't score for shit, but their pitching is really good. So if their pitching is really good, they'll be maybe around 75, 80 wins. They need some offense. They just don't have it. Um I love the Yankees bullpen, as you know. Um, probably two years away from being really, really something again. So enjoy these next couple of years where the Yankees probably don't make the playoffs because they're probably going to sign Bryce Harper or uh, Manny Machado or some guy for $200 million. So, um, they yeah, won't Yankees sign Bryce probably, Harper. They won't. No. He'll stay in Washington. Really? He'll go somewhere. I don't think it'll be Washington. Uh, Yankees, I think they missed the playoffs again, but they'll be above 500. They were right in the mix last year. Uh, Baltimore, I don't know how they're good. They just hit a lot of home runs. Their pitching is not good. Their bullpen is very good. Their starting pitching is awful. Um, 
Last year, they had the fewest stolen base attempts ever. They attempted 32 steals, lowest ever. Uh, as far as raw power, I mean, they got Trumbo and Chris Davis and Adam Jones connect 20-25-30, and they got a lot of home run guys, but uh, their starting pitching is very bad, but they always overachieve. So I would say all of these teams uh, should be no worse than 75-80 wins, and then you're going to have two or three of them being that wild card mix. So I say this is the best division top to bottom. Very good. Uh, Central, I've seen no one pick anyone other than Cleveland. And when Cleveland got Enwin and Carnacion, plus, I mean, they have really good, they, they have really good players across the board. You have Corey Kluber anchoring that staff. Terry Francona, manager, does not, uh, it is not a bad thing at all either. Uh, Cleveland, I think, runs away with the AL Central. This is the worst division in baseball. Um, yeah, Cleveland's good. They're better than they were last year. But I don't know if they're going to actually do better. It's hard to do better than they did. Um, injuries would be one concern I would have because I don't know how they got to the World Series last year because they had one good starting pitcher because mm-hmm. they had Carlos Carrasco got hurt, Danny Salazar, Salazar got hurt. They that bullpen was great. Andrew Miller is great, but the top to bottom are the best team in the American League. Um, Detroit's probably number two. Uh, Verlander pitched well against Chicago. His opening day starts. Um, this is probably the last year. Detroit's going to be worth a damn because they're very old. Um, so they, I'd say, yeah, they, they are clearly the second best team in this division. And I mean, I think if you look at Kansas City, the the death that they had, and I, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the starting pitcher's name. Is it San? Not Santana. Jordano Ventura. Ventura, thank you. Uh, yeah, the the fact that they lost Jordano hurts them significantly. I don't know how that... I, I'm curious how they will respond to that. Uh, you saw what Miami did uh, when Jose Fernandez died last year, and I wonder how they'll carry th- with him on this year. If they'll play for him, or I, I'm sure they will. But you just wonder what kind of factor it will be because you're losing one of your aces. So Kansas City, I think, is in for a down year. The White Sox are the absolute worst team, uh, perhaps, in baseball when you get rid of Sale. They have some good young talent, young pitching. but uh, Oh, not the worst team in baseball. The worst team in the American League, though, bar none. Uh, so so we'll see what the White Sox... Yeah, no, no, there's, they're not going to do anything. The Twins are going to be interesting. Only because you have a lot of good young talent that maybe can be a little more consistent than they were last year, but it all comes down to the starting pitching and the bullpen. And it does. And it does. Uh, game one, there was, I mean, the pitching was very good. Irvin Santana, he, he won that game for him. And um, the best offense was not doing anything because Kansas City walked everybody. So uh, it's not like the offense. The offense is good. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's not like they did anything. They just walked a bunch of times uh, with seven one win. But Irvin Santana was great. That might be the best start he'll have all season. Yeah, it's the bullpen and the starting pitching. So we'll see how Phil Hughes and Kyle Gibson and Hector Santiago and all these guys do. Um, Byron Buxton can't hit, so we'll see if he can hit defensively and center. He's great. So did I see him hit a little bit? 
Uh, yeah, but Twins, I think the Twins finished third this year, went around 75 games, maybe lose 90, 72 to 90, 75, 72 wins. Uh, Kansas City, I see them in fourth. Um, they lost Greg Holland, the closer. He's with the Rockies. They lost, they traded Wade Davis away. Um, Danny Duffy's very good. Um, they're not a very good team. And they, they have a lot of free agents next year. So this could be their last year of not being completely garbage. And uh, the White Sox are a couple of years away from being relevant again uh, because they made all the trades. They traded their two best players. Chris Salem, they sent Adam Eaton to yep. Washington. So, yeah, Chicago's going to be, I think Chicago's far and away the worst team in that uh, in that league. If, so. it, if there was a team that you would say that could surprise in the American League, and you you went through the American League East and all those teams there that you said it's the best division in baseball. So I guess it wouldn't say it would surprise you if, if one of those teams made a significant run. But if there was one team that would be a surprise in the American League, could it be the Twins? Their pitching is just so bad. I mean, their, de- their outfield defense is very good. Bucks are in center, Kepler in right. Uh, Rosario in the left. If their defense can be really good, I mean, they have it. Can they finish 500? Probably not. So that's probably that the best they could do is, is 80 wins. I expect another win 70, 72 to 75, which would be 15 more than last year, which is a huge jump. So I think they'll be in the mid 70s for wins, which I think is good enough for third. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's all about the pitching. The American League East, we, we've been bullish on our Houston Astros now for a few years. They disappointed last year, but I don't see any reason why I wouldn't take them to win the AL West this year. And I really like Seattle. I like what Seattle's doing. Uh, they were close last year. I think they can close the gap and actually get a wild card appearance this year. But Houston, uh, the Correa's outstanding. Dallas Keuchel, everything just points to Houston if performing well this year and winning the AL West? The starting pitching has to get better. Yes. Um, Dallas Keuchel pitched well opening day. I'd say he's more like he was last year instead of the Cy Young winner two years ago. So if his area could maybe be in the high threes, I would take that. I think Lance McCullers is their best starting pitcher. Other than that, they need to add, they need to add a starting pitcher, and I believe that they will had a starting pitcher they need so badly uh, because their offense is good. They have a lot of depth. They have a lot of young guys. They brought in some veterans. They want to win now. Uh, Brian McCann's their new catcher. They brought in 95-year-old Carlos Beltran to be a DH. Yep. They brought in Josh Reddick. They brought in Nori Aoki, who I think is going to be uh, pretty good, even though nobody's going to talk about him. They need another pitcher. Uh, Quintana from the White Sox, he'll get traded. And uh, I think Julio Chiron from Atlanta, he could be moved, but I think there's some very intriguing uh, pitching trades that could happen, and Houston needs to get one of the top three or four guys very badly. Come on, Fat Bartolo is going to help Atlanta get do some Fat good things. Get Fat Bartolo in there, absolutely. Trade the farm for him. Texas concerns me. I think they're pretty good. Um, Seattle's pretty good. Um, yeah, Texas. Uh, I, I, Texas, I think, is going to give Houston a hell of a fight. I think Seattle will finish third. Angels, I don't care. 
Uh, Oakland, I like Oakland. Seems like I always like Oakland. Um, what, what is it different with Oakland this year? I do. I know they do have some good young talent uh, on the team, but but give me a player or two. Why why is Oakland expected to be? I would say surprisingly better this year. Because there's not excrement in the, uh, in the thing again. Ah, very good. Next second week in a row. I try to try to do that every week. Um, yeah, they, they lost the 93 games last year, so that's not good. Uh, Kendall Graveman was a guy I thought would be pretty good. He didn't start very good last year. Finished the year very good. He's their opening day starter. I like Kendall Graveman. There's a guy that they got from the Dodgers. His name is Jarrell Cotton. He's a black guy. He's a pitcher. Better to see him. Um, Ryan Healy is a first base DH type of guy who uh, last couple months of the season they called him up. He did very well, so maybe he could hit 20, 25 home runs. They signed Trevor Plouffe. He's all right. They got Chris Davis, outfielder, hit two home runs on opening day. He hit 42 last year, so that's pretty good. Uh, their starting pitching is pretty good. Sean Maena uh, didn't have a great start, his first start, but he's he's all right. And uh, I'm very intrigued by their bullpen because they've got a lot of uh, a lot of former closers, a lot of uh, guys that have closed in the past, and it sounds like they're going to do a, a closer by committee type of deal. Uh, they have no less than six guys that are pretty good. They had Santiago Casilla close it out on Monday night who pitched very badly for San Francisco last year. But they got Ryan Madsen, who was their closer last year from uh, Kansas City a couple of years ago. He's really good. John Doolittle used to be their closer. He's fine. John Axford used to be with Milwaukee. He's fine. Ryan Dahl is a side armor. He's good. Liam Hendricks was uh, garbage with the Twins. Went to Toronto. They turned him into a bullpen guy. He was fine. They've got six guys there. I feel pretty confident about that bullpen. And they also have a guy, Andrew Triggs, who's their fourth or fifth starter, who is uh, very odd because he's a side armor and he is a starter. So you see that sometimes with the bullpen guy, but he is actually going to be tried as a, a starter. And he started the last month and was pretty good. So I like Oakland because of their bullpen and their starting pitching is why I like them. You're, you might... Be persuading me to take three out of the West, then. Uh, I mean, because three really the I mean, Angels, Texas. the Angels, not not going to do anything for. I mean, they're letting Mike Trout waste away out there. They're awful. They will be the worst team in that division. But I like Houston. I like Seattle uh, to be second, and then I it, I could be a battle for Oak between Oakland and Texas. Uh, maybe you throw Baltimore in there with the wild card mix. I guess how I'm going to see it, Boston wins the East. Cleveland wins the AL Central. Houston wins the West. I'm giving Seattle a wild card. And then uh, what do you think? Baltimore, New York, what's your wild or... Card? What's your wild, your wild card game is, what would you say? Well, that, that's, Seattle, I, I'm, I'm picking Seattle for sure. I need that second wild card team. So would it be Baltimore, Toronto, New York, Oakland or Texas? I mean, that's what I'm kind of down to, I think. The National League's boring as hell. American League's very intriguing because there's a lot of teams there. My pick, I've got Texas over Toronto in the wild card with the same division winners that you do. Well, okay. like Texas over Toronto. All right. Jeez, uh, just for the sake I don't, of... Yeah, I don't like Seattle as much as you do. 
I like Texas more than you do. I'll take Baltimore. I'll take Baltimore. Yeah, I've been I, Texas. I, I keep poo pooing on them. Um, so why not poo poo on them again? Uh, I'll take Baltimore to edge out Texas. Texas, and then it'll be Oakland. Uh, they, those two will be the first two teams out in the AL. Uh, I like Cleveland against Boston in the AL championship and uh, or the ALCS, and give me Cleveland to represent the AL in the World Series. I have that same thing. I think everybody else does too. MVP. MVP, uh, Mike Trout should have won it every year. Yep. So who's second? Hmm. Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa was my pick last year to win it. He didn't. Uh, I've got Francisco Lindor, shortstop Cleveland. Okay. I think Cleveland's going to be really good. Well, that should help his cause. Okay. That's that's good. Cy Young. Uh, Cy Young. I'll give it to Chris Sale. I think he's going to do. Pick I think he's going to do really good work there in Bo- in Boston. I always pick him. Uh, his increased wins, hopefully he gets run support, should help him, although it shouldn't matter. I'm picking you, Darvish, for the Rangers. Okay, very good. Uh, National League, like you said, the, the National League is not nearly as intriguing as the AL. Uh, we'll start in the East. I think the, the East clearly belongs to Washington. You got Strasburg, you got uh, Max Scherzer, you got Bryce Harper. I mean, th- this team is loaded. This team is poised to make a World Series run. It seems like we've been saying that here now for the last you know three or four years. But really, the, there's only one team that I think really stands in their way, and that is the Chicago Cubs in the Central. But uh, give me Washington to win the East. I think the Mets, with their starting pitching, they can stay healthy a, a bit. Then they'll, they can get second. Philly's on the rise. I think Atlanta's on the rise. Miami is a team that is good, but I wonder what that Jose Fernandez situation is just going to be like. If that's going to be a cloud that hangs over them all year this year, um, in no in no particular order. I think Atlanta's going to be much better this year than they were last year. Philadelphia is certainly a team that's on the come, uh, but uh, yeah, Washington wins this division going away. I think the Mets are going to give Washington all they want. Uh, they won the division last year by eight games. I think it's going to be closer than that, maybe four or five games this year. Washington slash Expos have never won a playoff series, so maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. Uh, they're not going to be good forever, so maybe they should do something here pretty goddamn soon. Because um, you know, I think Bryce Harper's not going to be there. And uh, Adam Eaton, I think Adam Eaton uh, was a great, great trade uh, for them. Yes. Uh, Daniel Murphy somehow sustained his production from his great playoffs two years ago, and he was, I think it was top three, four in the MVP race. Uh, Trey Turner is maybe the favorite for Rookie of the Year. He's a great, exciting player. Um, yeah, starting pitching's good. They got SGS, used Blake Trinan as their closer. Yeah. He was throwing 98 99 uh, opening day. That was that was something. So uh, yeah, they're the, uh, <clears throat> the 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 Mets offense is terrible. Their starting pitching, as we know, is always great, um, but offense will continue to be a struggle. Uh, those two teams should make the playoffs. Uh, the Marlins, unfortunately, they lost a future Hall of Famer. Uh, starting pitching is terrible. 
the bullpen is intriguing, although it gave it up in game one. But they're kind of the uh, kind of like Oakland with the bullpen. They've got four guys that I think are pretty good. Uh, Phillies have a pretty good young rotation that I like. And Atlanta, I hate Atlanta. Um, they signed a bunch of veteran guys so they could be okay. But uh, I wish nothing but ill will for Atlanta. Their bridges are, are garbage, as we know. But, uh, that's because someone set it on fire. That's right. Arsonists running rampant. But, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got the Mets, too. Making, I think making the playoffs, yeah. Um, Marlins, three? Well, yeah, I don't know. Marlins, Phillies, Braves. That could be a pretty tight race, I think. And all probably in the mid-70s. I, I agree with you. I uh, That's why I say I don't really have a good feel for any of these teams. I mean, I love seeing Giancarlo Stanton for the, for the Marlins, uh, and I probably can't name more than six guys on Atlanta and Philadelphia combined. Uh, maybe even less than that. Well, let's give it a try. Let's give it a try here. Name, name, name some guys. All right. Uh, Tehran. I know. Okay, he's one. Bartolo Colon. At Bartolo's there. Is Freddie Freeman still with the Braves? Freddie Freeman's wasting away. Yep. Best year ever last year. And nobody cares. Three. AJ Pierzynski? He, he was with them last year, not with them this year. Oh, I think he's done. Damn. Okay. Uh, Ryan Howard. Uh, nope, he's not with the Phillies anymore. Oh, shit. I mean, I don't even know if I can name a Philadelphia Philly. Which is bad. I mean, shouldn't I, if I'm going to do a baseball preview in the stack this week, uh, I should probably know who some of these guys are. I'm going to look through the – that's really all that I can name off the top of my head right now. They're pitching. I like their starting pitching. I got Jeremy Hellickson. Oh, uh, yep. Aaron Nola from LSU. They called him up last year. He could be good. He was a top pick in a draft a few years ago. Jared Eikhoff's okay. Vincent Velasquez was Clay, the guy they traded. Clay Buckles so, is good. I know I know that name. Clay, Clay Buckles is garbage. They signed him for $13.5 million. Well, That's a little... Little much. That was always funny. Pat Nishek, uh, I mean, former twin, I know that yeah, name. Yeah, Pat Nishek is there. Uh, J.P. Crawford's a shortstop who will probably come up mid-season. He's the best prospect. Odubel Herrera is, is decent. Uh, Tommy Joseph takes over for Ryan Howard at first base. He can show some power. So uh, they, they've got a couple of guys. So uh, I've heard of Joaquin they, Benoit. Um, Joaquin Benoit is old as hell. Open guy. They've got a lot of guys that can trade. They can trade Nishek. They can trade Benoit. Um, if, if, you know, they, they can trade. Hopefully, some of these guys like the Braves. They can trade Fat Bartolo. They can, they can trade R. A. Dickey for for garbage. Um, they got Brandon Phillips from Cincinnati, uh, which is great because uh, thirteen million dollars of Brandon Phillips is coming from Cincinnati, and the Braves have to play a million. So that's a goddamn steal right there. I did see, and, yeah. Um, Probably, probably rookie of the year. The favorite for the Braves would be Dansby Swanson. Yes. Got yep, the guy who got. came over from Arizona in that uh, Shelby Miller trade. He was the uh, number one overall pick a couple years ago from Vanderbilt, shortstop. Uh, hit over 300. A little bit last year when he came up, so he could be good. All right. So there we go. Uh Obviously, I failed that quiz, and it shows the the lack of knowledge that I have, kind of about the the baseball players. Not necessarily the game, because I do. It's the Braves and the Phillies. Nobody else can name anybody from the Braves and the Phillies. But at least now that you've mentioned the names, I'm like, okay, I, I, I remember who Dansby Swanson is, and um, so that's good. 
Brandon Phillips. Yes, Brandon Phillips. I mean, I forgot that the Reds traded him to Atlanta. But, I mean, that was one right. of the reasons why I thought the the, the Reds are going to be ter- terrible this year. As Matt, we moved Kemp. To- Matt Kemp. Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot. Matt, Matt Kemp is getting checks from the Dodgers, Padres, and Braves. I saw They're something. Uh, Peter King, I know you don't like him a whole lot uh, from Sports Illustrated, but he, uh, he mentioned in his uh, column this week that uh, – Court, uh, Crawford, Carl Crawford, right? Uh, not yeah, playing, yeah. not playing baseball this year. Twenty-one million dollars is what he's getting paid, and I believe it was Von Miller and Khalil Mack are making less than that, guaranteed this year in the NFL. Nineteen million something. So. Yeah, that's an outstanding yeah. stat. I thought that the 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 fact that really interested me, uh, paying Crawford not to do that. anything. Uh, Von Miller's got his contract with Khalil Maxwell on his rookie deal. Yep. So that's so in a year or two when he signs something else, that'll be on. He'll make you know fifteen million a year, but uh, for now, that's that's not too great. Uh, is Jay Bruce still with the Reds? They traded him to the Mets. Oh, shit. See, yeah, that, that was last year. I I am so beyond the behind the times here, Krenz. What's going on? No, it's that election. Um, he was <laughs> awful with the Mets. So, um, hopefully he can do something because it was awful. Okay, so, I mean, we played this game here with the with the Phillies and the the Braves. I'm going to look through the Cincinnati Reds team, and I'm going to... Oh, wait, oh, Christ! I mean, okay, I'm not even going to look here. Okay, I, I... That's a struggle. That's a fucking struggle right there. Um, Scott Feldman was their opening day starter. Yep. Oh, Brand, Brandon Finnegan was the guy they got from Kansas City two years ago. Yep. Uh, Joey Votto's there. Yep. And that's the name they've I recognize got, and would have gotten eventually. They've got, like, some guy named Suarez. Yep. Like a third baseman, I think. Yep. Who did Eugenio pretty good last year. Eugenio Suarez. Yeah. That's about it there, folks. Um, the only other name... Anthony DiScofani, who's hurt, who I really like. They got Tony Sangrani, who was good as rookie year, but is awful now. They got a couple of guys. The only other name that I am even seeing here that I that remote Bill is uh, Homer Bailey. Homer Bailey hasn't pitched in a Coons age. Billy Hamilton fast with a terrible hitter. Um, That's a, like the Potter. only guys that like the, the names that jump off the page at me. I mean, this team is going to finish last, no question, in the NL this year. This is a terrible team. Yeah, Padres are the worst team in baseball. Uh, Reds, I would say a close second. Okay. Yeah, the Reds, they need to trade Joey Votto. Um, He's one of the most underrated players ever. I think he's 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 12th all-time in the history of baseball and on-base percentage. 12th ever. Um... Their bullpen, here's some stats for you. The bullpen for Cincinnati last year had the second worst collective war since 1983. Well, that's because if they they kept fighting in the War of 1812 and the Spanish-American mm-hmm. War. You can't do those wars. There's a lot of dead bodies out there. Their pitchers overall had the worst war of last year. And there's this thing called base runs. It's uh, it's what your record should be based on your runs and things like that. Last year they were 68 and 94. 
based on base runs, they had them five games worse at 63 and 99. And based on that base run stat, they were the worst team in baseball last year. So they're terrible. They have one good play. They got one Hall of Famer. They should trade immediately uh, because they're bad. So we started in the bottom of the NL Central. We may as well just uh, work our way to the top then. Uh, Milwaukee's going to be bad this year apart from Ryan Braun. And uh, do they still have Matt Garza? I, I just don't think Milwaukee's even worth a damn this year. I'm intrigued by Milwaukee. Um, they're the worst defensive team in the NL last year. Um, they had 181 steals last year, which were the third most since 99 of anybody. However... They struck out 25.5% of the time, which is the worst ever hmm. in the history of football. Tied what? with the 2013 Astros. My quick math says that's one out of four times they will strike out. That's not great. It's not great. Uh, Milwaukee, they got a lot of young, they got a lot of guys that are pretty good. Um, I'm intrigued by maybe they can win. Maybe they can be like the twins of, uh, of the NL, but they're probably going to finish fourth. But I don't think they are complete garbage. Pittsburgh, uh, for the life of me, I don't really know why you want to get rid of Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, I guess if you can get a King's Ransom for him, sure, that's great. Uh, I mean, do is one of the, the, the key storylines coming up here is it regarding Garrett Cole and if he'll sign a new deal with Pittsburgh? Does that seem like it's going to be headed for a messy divorce? He's a guy that they have big hopes with, who I don't know if he'll ever be a number one ace type guy. Good pitcher. I don't know if he's that good. Um, Tyler Glass now. I think made the roster as their fifth starter. He's a young guy that he got big expectations for. And also Jameson Tyon is another young guy who they think could be good. So Pittsburgh is kind of in no man's land. They're kind of I would put them as your barometer in the NL. If you're better than they are, you're in the playoff mix. If you're worse than they are, you're not. They're kind of like dead in the middle i think okay i mean i like my pirates but i just don't think they they have what it takes to get to the playoffs this year st louis outstanding uh yadier molina uh yeah no no questions asked i mean i'm I'm putting st louis in the playoffs this year uh because i think they looked at the cubs world series last year and said yeah we got to do better Uh, we can't have this shit going on so put the card you're following from yeah dexter fowler could brought him in from the cubs they don't have any guys that anybody knows about, but they're just always good. So. Yep. So I'll put the Cardinals in there, and then it it, it ends with the Cubs. Uh, it just, I mean, I they they have such a plethora of riches. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, hopefully he can stay healthy this year. Uh, I'm not in, I'm not big on their starting pitching. John Lester's good, but uh, I don't think he's anything truly special with that guy Kyle Hendricks still is that correct I like Kyle Hendricks yeah uh, yeah, that's right. he, uh, yeah it doesn't throw fast but um, gets a lot of guys out so, two ERA so he's like good him. but I mean the, the Cubs win this division I would say by is nine games too little for them to, to win over the Cardinals that's quite a few. I mean, they won 103. Very unlikely they're winning that many this year. They're probably winning 95, 96 games. Um, the thing about last year is everything was perfect. Everything was perfect. Nobody got hurt. 
Jeff Schwarber right away. Their starting pitching didn't get hurt. Jake Arrieta is great. Hendricks was great. Lester was great. Yep. Um, Jason Hayward is a terrible offensive player. They're paying him $184 million, so that's not great. Um, if Wade Davis can stay healthy, that's great. Um, but the, the Babbitt, you know what Babbitt is? Babbitt? Batting, oh. B-A-D-I-P. Batting average on balls in play. So when a guy hits the ball, what's the batting average when he when he puts the ball in play? Their pitchers gave up a Babbitt lapse last year of 255. So when you hit a ball in play against their pitchers, your batting average was 255. Does baseball bat- have so many ridiculous stats? This is a great stat. This is a great stat. Yeah, but because- like War and Babbitt, and it's just like it's getting way too analytical. Funny names. Funny names, I would say. Funny yeah. names, but very useful things. Yes. Like if you see a guy that's hitting 350, his Babbitt is going to be up above 350, I would assume. Or, or just below that. That's unsustainable. That 255 Babbitt was the best for starting pitching staff since 1982. Number two on the list in the National League were the Giants at 287. So that is 32 points between them. That is extreme. The, the and I forgot Jake Gary at a moment momentarily. But uh, he took the, the baseball world by storm with the second half of his season a couple years ago. I, do we think he can regain that sort of dominant form, or is he going to be now a, a really good pitcher but not one of the best ones in the game? I think he can be a top 5, 10 guy. Um, I don't ever be what he did there when he was like, you know, where he was Clayton Kershaw, but um, I, 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 I don't know. A lot of rumors with him that he's on something. Um PEDs or HGH or something. But, but I think, yeah, I think um, Cubs have the three best starters in baseball. No, no other team has three better starters than the Cubs. Okay. Those three guys. Uh, then the NL West. And, oh, sorry. Anthony Rizzo, first base, very good. I mean, they use ridiculous amount and, of talent. And Chris and Bryant, level. third base. I mean, they, yeah, they just have it all. All he did was win the MVP last year. So, yeah, they're great. Oh, yeah, that's all he did. All he did. That's all he did. Uh, the NL West, uh, got to think that the Dodgers are going to be the favorites this year. I, I mean, San Francisco, what is this? This is an odd year, so they can't win the World Series, right? Uh, well, we'll see who I picked for the World Series. I picked them last year. And, uh, I think, I think Dodgers, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like the, uh, NL East where there's a favorite and then there's a really good team behind the favorite where, if something goes wrong with Washington or the Dodgers, there's a team that can jump them. So I think there's so it's not like it's not like uh, Detroit or Cleveland where they, they should run away with it. Right. Dodgers and Washington should have competition at least. Um, Dodgers starting pitching depth I think is an issue. Yep. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher in at least twenty years. He's great and um, and you mentioned that with uh tim kirkton on the on the 2080 baseball podcast that you were a little concerned with the, yeah. the starting depth outside and the fact that they made it to the playoffs last year when kershaw missed a significant portion of the season with a back injury is nothing short of remarkable it's very good and they it was the same story last year i think when we talked about it it's about how 
they've got a bunch of guys who were hurt and they were coming back. They got Brandon McCarthy. Uh, Kent Maeda is a number two starter. He's really good. They've got um, who else? They've got they've got uh, Rich Hill. He's thirty six and just came out of early nowhere from Oakland. Uh, so there's not a lot of. I'm concerned about their health. They're relying on Kershaw, who should be fine. Kent Maeda, who should be fine. But after that, you're relying on a thirty six year old guy who kind of came out of nowhere last year. You're relying on. There's not a lot of, there is depth, but I don't know how healthy they're going to be. So that's, and, and Clayton, I said, uh, I don't know if we said this on that show or what, but Clayton Kershaw and Mike Trout are so far better than everybody else offensively and pitching. To, I would say it's like Bonds when he was great and Pedro Martinez. Those were the last two guys that were playing at similar times that were so much better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Or whoever the hell you second. I don't know. I don't know who you put it second, but there is no discussion or debate of who the best pitcher is or who the best player is. Right, right. And I'm, 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 yeah. I'm looking at the, 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 the Giants roster right now, and their starting pitching is outstanding. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, who, by the way, hit two home runs in the opening day game against Arizona. I mean, uh, throw him at DH when you have to play an interleague game on the road uh, against the AL. But you, you have Matt Cain, who's a pretty good pitcher, there, uh, I like just... Yeah, no, 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 correction on that, correction on that. I'll, I'll edit that out. Matt Cain, bad. Matt Cain, Matt Cain bad. Oh, he was good for a while, right? He was good, was good, probably shouldn't be pitching anymore. He very bad. Very, very bad. Well, he is not the second best pitcher there. I mean, Johnny Cueto is the second best pitcher in their staff, right? Yes. I, I mean, I think we can be in agreement with that. I I think Jeff Samarja it can be okay. He's good. Uh, Jeff Samarja's a good pitcher. It's a good, uh, good little uh, one, two, three. And you good. got Mark. Uh, Matt Moore is uh, is decent. Um, good little four. So uh, yeah, they I guess yeah. Guy. Looking at it, yeah, guy. Matt. I was just going in alphabetical order here, but yeah, Matt Kane, I guess, would be the worst of those starting pitchers. There. Uh, I mean, you got Matt Mark um, Melancon, uh, Mel- Melancon, the, the Mark Melanson. This is gonna Melanson. be a tough one. Mark Melanson. It's, it's very tough. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, came over from Pittsburgh and Washington last year. So that's good. Uh, you got bus, I think the, the biggest issue with San Francisco, as, and I think we say this all the time, is going to be their offense. Do they have enough offense? I think so. Buster Posey's good. Hunter Pence is a guy. Dart Spans in center field. He's old, but he's, he's fine. Um, left field, there's nobody out in left field. Um, Brandon Crawford, shortstop. He's very good. Joe Panic at seconds, all right. Yeah, they, they've got enough. Uh, the pitching's very good. Um, they're a very good defensive team. They're a very good defensive team. Um, they strike out the fewest number of times of any team. They're just, they're, they don't beat themselves. They're like, they're, they are the San Antonio Spurs of baseball. There you go. Uh, the team that intrigues me the most in the NL, NL out of any team is the Colorado Rockies. Because they score so many runs, and it, I think we're all just kind of hesitant with the starting pitching. But, again, I'll reference that your interview with Kirkjian. He seemed to think you know they have some good young pitching talent. It's just a matter of can they come through and be consistent. I, I want to pick them for a wild card. I really do. But, once you get them outside of Coors Field, how are, how are the bats going to be? Oh, where do you see Colorado? Do you see them being a fringe wild card team? 
They won 75 games last year. They're very bad on the road. They're good at home. They're very bad on the road. So they got to get better there. I would put them right after Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh's the like the seventh best team. I put them at number eight. Um, a good start for them against Milwaukee this year, but they just they're, they're pitching. There is no pitching. They have no pitching to speak of. Their bullpen. Uh, they, they did get uh, Greg Holland, so if he can be what he was in Kansas City, that's a good deal there. Um, yeah, their offense is great, and they got great hitters everywhere. They, they, they were only outscored last year by 15 runs. They were still 12 games under. You would expect, if you're outscored by 15 runs, you'd expect to be right around a little under 500. They mm-hmm. were 12 games under 500, so that's that's works in their favor. But uh, I am, yeah, I think they, they can, if they can finish 500, I think that'd be a great season. Tre- Trevor's story was a great story last year, pun intended, uh, until he got injured. I, I when, when we had asked the question in the Google chat, I think it was right after the first week when he had belted out seven home runs, I said he's going to hit 40, and he would have hit 40. What happened? He got injured. Yeah, he got uh, The thumb injury. So that's what derailed that that 40 home run season, but he was close. What do what do you think he can do for an encore in year two? I think he probably hit 30 home runs, again, if he stays healthy. Um, DJ LeMayhew. Nobody knows who he is. He won a batting title last year. Yeah, because he sat out the last game like a puss. Hey now, hey now, hey now. He was hurt. Um, Whatever. Not really. He wasn't. Tough. He wasn't. That's fine. That's fine. But uh, DJ LeMahieu, you know, three fifty hitter. That's great. Um, he's got stars all over the place. Carlos Gonzalez. Um, they are Charlie Blackman in center field. They are just stacked as a lineup. But again, the pitching. Um, and Ian, Ian Desmond is injured, correct? Yep. He plays first base when he comes back. Mark Reynolds is there now. On the, is Ian Desmond just without the context? Good, fine. Good bat, fine. He can probably hit 30 home runs there. But they gave him a lot of money. Um, they gave up, I think, their, their 12th overall pick, first round pick. So that's not great. Um, they gave up a lot for him. So that was interesting why they did that. But uh, yeah, yeah, if he can get get, get healthy, he can be a, he can be a productive guy. I mean, I want to take Colorado to the playoffs so bad, but I don't know if that's necessarily no, a, a smart pick no. this year. Uh, no. Padres, as mentioned, they're going to be the worst team in baseball. Why are they the worst team in baseball? I mean, don't they have Will Myers still, the the guy from Tampa Bay? That's it. Um, okay. Well, they just they pull up their roster. I mean, they... The Adrian Gonzalez, I know they still have him. No, no, no. He's with the Dodgers. No. What, what did I say? Okay, yeah. Well, again... Their, their, their payroll was like 50-some million. Um, Clayton Kershaw's making 33. <laughs> their opening day payroll was 28. I yeah. think the players on their roster are, are, are making somewhere around 28. They're still playing, you know, Matt Kemp some money. They're still, you know, Justin Upton and all those guys they brought in. They're still playing, I think, some of that contract, and they traded them all. This, this is this is one of the this is one of the worst teams in in the last two or three years. I think they're a lock to lose a hundred. Um, this is a bad team. This is, I mean, starting pitching they have Jared Weaver, who I shit you not struggles to throw eighty three miles an hour. Um, He's been around forever. 
He's been around for a long time. It's a struggle for him to get it in the low 80s. Okay. I mean, I've heard of Trevor Cahill, though. So that he's good. And didn't uh, Christian Betancourt, wasn't he? Didn't he get in like the little. Wasn't there some issue that the Cubs had with him last year when he hit a home run against them to win one nothing? Betancourt this year is pitching and catching. Oh, yeah. What the hell? He's a relief pitcher? What the hell is this? He, he got hurt. I don't know how serious it is. He got hurt opening day on Monday. He slid. He was, a, he was pitching. He went to cover home because the ball got past the catcher, and he slid in the home base. He got spiked in the knee. Don't know how serious this is, but he is a pitcher catcher. Uh, so he does a little bit of both, which is odd. Um, <clears throat> Clayton Richards, the starter, he doing good against the Dodgers on Tuesday night. Um, that 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 is the worst. I mean, they, this is a Houston Astros situation where they are intentionally having no. They have three. They have three guys on their twenty-five man roster who are Rule Five pickups. Who who did they get in the in the Drew Pomeranz trade to, with the Red Sox last year? I'm not sure. No one that's going to make a difference this year, though, for him. No, Will, Will Myers is okay, but that's, I mean, if he's not their all star, then they've got some trouble. <clears throat> um, they've got three Rule Five guys on the roster, which means they have to stay on your roster the entire season, um, or they have to be given back to the team that you got them from. And Rule 5 means that they've never been in the majors before. So these are minor league guys that you pick because there's a limit of how long you can stay in the minors, like five years. Mm-hmm. And they pick three of these guys. Some teams, most teams don't have any. Uh, the Twins have one. <clears throat> most teams, if they have any, they have one. They pick three. That is fucking insane. <laughs> so uh, they're, they're, they they got to start from scratch. They went all in. With, the, with those guys a couple of years ago. Yep. And we've got about two months in the season, and that just didn't work. Poor Padres. Uh, bring Tony Gwynn back. Uh, rest his soul. Arizona. Rest, I, I was. Well, oh. Drew, Drew Pomeranz, they traded. He was fine. Yep. They got back uh, Anderson Espinosa. Some minor league guy. That doesn't look great. He's still an A ball. So it doesn't look great for that trade right now. I'll so they you. got swindled. Very likely. <laughs> uh, Arizona, Arizona won the offseason last year and then proceeded to do absolute shit last or last year. I love Paul Goldschmidt. He's tremendous. I, are we expecting Shelby Miller to bounce back this year? Can't be any worse. What was the area? Six? Yeah, was, it was bad. Uh, bad. Grinky has got to be better. Um, Paul Goldschmidt and Joey Votto are just... Yeah, underrated, amazingly. Um, they'll be better than last year. They lost 93 games. Hard to be worse than that. They'll be better. They've got some guys. But uh, if they wore teal more often, I'd watch them. So I think they'll play more teal. Uh, but I think they're the... I think, I think more than any other division, there is a clear one through five here in the West. Very clear one through five. Do you believe, or who do you think won the offseason? Because there are a lot of people that last year said Arizona won the offseason, and then they proceeded to oh, do bad. So who do you think had the made the most of the offseason? Who won the offseason? I mean, Chris Sale, that's a great trade. 
Um, what, I, what Washington did, adding as far as an addition, I think Adam Eaton, center fielder, I think he could be a dark horse MVP guy. He'll be on a winning team now, Adam Eaton. I like that. Uh, there, there, weren't, uh, there wasn't that one team this year, I don't think, that made huge surprising moves or went all in. Okay, I'd so, say you know, Chris Taylor's the big one. Who won the offseason? Maybe in two years we'll look back and we'll say that the White Sox won it because if any of these prospects turn out to be a damn and they've got three or four guys that people like, one or two of them can be good. Uh, maybe we say the White Sox won the offseason. Okay, but as of now, so I, I, I'm safe with Washington pick, though. Then uh, I don't have to worry about them f- faltering. So in the NL, uh, like Washington, I like Chicago, I like the Dodgers, and I'll give the Giants and the Cardinals the wild cards with the Rockies just missing out. Take the Giants to win that division. Agreed on the others. Uh, the Dodgers beating the Mets in the wild card. Right, I have the Giants beating the Cardinals in the wild card. I have the Nats and the Cubs in the World Series or in the NLCS. And um, let, let's just go with a repeat because uh, that way Washington hopefully can prove me wrong. I'm doing this to spite Chicago and uh, you know make sure that. My prediction is sure to go wrong and let Washington get in the World Series. So I'll take a rematch in the World Series uh, between Cleveland and Chicago. Second year in a row, I like the Giants to beat the Cubs. The NLCS, Giants beat Cleveland. The rematch of the 1954 World Series. Oh, I remember that. I was there. That was the the Willie Mays catch, you always see. The Willie Mays catch. Mm Mm-hmm. He's running, and he catches the ball, goes back to the infield. That was uh, 1954. Very good. Uh, who's your MVP in the NLI? will go Bryce Harper. Mm, Los Angeles Dodgers shortstop Corey Seager for MVP. Okay. And the Cy Young, Kershaw? This is the same Mike Trout situation where it's Kershaw. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, a close second. Kyle Schwarber, a close second. Kershaw, yes, Cy Young, that's unfair. Um, yeah, go with him. I'll go Schwarber with my the second pick. Like he'll be second in the MVP voting there. And I mean, Colorado. I'm telling you, there's going to be someone there that's going to be in that MVP discussion, perhaps. No one Arenado can. Uh, they'll have a lot of RBIs, and um, yeah, Cy, Cy Young. I guess I would go Noah Syndergaard, number two. Okay. Uh, I think the the Cubs won the World Series last year in large part because Kyle Schwarber was able to play four games in Cleveland. If that was switched around, I don't think the Cubs win. I think the Indians win. This year... He did well. Yep. Uh, This year, I have a World Series rematch, and I'm going to take Cleveland to beat the Cubs and win their first World Series since, what, 1960 or something? 1948. 1948. Thank you. I like the Indians. I like the Indians over the Cubs. I like Giants to beat the Indians. 
I'm concerned because everybody's picking the same thing as last year. Um, yep. It just can't happen. It just, it just, it can't happen. But that's it why just. I wanted to take the Rockies, but you, you said no. Don't. Well, do I mean, that's that's a bit extreme. That's a bit. I mean, if they had any pitching whatsoever, that's a bit extreme. But it just seems like the good teams are good and the bad teams are bad. Um, it's, it's not quite as bad as the NBA, but um, you know, Tampa Bay and Oakland are the teams I'm, I'm interested in, uh, to see what they do. Yeah, like in all, like just give me a surprising World Series pick that could possibly happen. Like uh, I mean, I mean not, well, not not the Padres and the White Sox or the Reds and White Sox, but just give me a fun one. Like, what if the Rockies were to somehow go on this run? And could the could the Rockies and the Twins meet in the World Series? Highly, highly, highly unlikely, but not not impo- I mean, that's not the most improbable World Series pick. I'm going on a bit of a limb with picking the Giants here. Yes. Uh, but most people expect them to make the playoffs with a wild card. Uh, you want a, 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 a World Series that could happen. Uh, that, that's not likely, but is at least you're like, all right, that, that could. That's realistic that it could happen. Um, you know, like, like St. Louis could be in there. Uh, Detroit could be in there. You could have a Detroit-St. Louis. Um, I don't think there's going to be any surprise in the National League, but the American League, who the hell knows? Like, could it could it be Seattle? You know, Seattle could get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd say a surprise team in the National League would be the Cardinals, even though you have them in the playoffs. And uh, I mean, American League, if you, if you want to go Detroit, you can go Detroit. If you want to go Seattle, uh, go Seattle. Run go Texas. I'd be all in on Texas. There's a, you know, any, any of those, you know, combinations. Seattle, St. Louis, why the hell Excellent. Baseball season is here, and uh, you can, of course, listen to, how, how often will you be doing a 2080 baseball podcast? Every day. Every day? All right. 162 of them. That's right. Okay. That's right. Uh, once a week, um, usually Sunday, hopefully Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, Monday, so then end of the week, recap the week, look at the week ahead. And um, we're all doing great in the baseball picks. We're one and all, soon to be one and one. Yeah, because of the stupid Dodgers. Thank you. Stupid assholes. <laughs> all right. Can't even beat the Padres. Yeah, the worst team in baseball. But. Sucks. Krenz, I appreciate the time as always. Uh, have fun on the baseball season. Good luck to your fantasy teams, the picks. And uh, we Thank will chat you. next week. It's a very good opening day for the fantasy teams. I have uh, big expectations this year for the fantasy teams. Very good. Thanks as always, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. We'll see you later. Travis Crins joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time, perspective as always. Again, 2080 Baseball Podcast can be found on iTunes. Uh, Travis and Evan do a phenomenal job. They had Tim Kirchin last week. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, highly encourage it. Uh, do so now. You can find this podcast on iTunes as well, Sports Block. So that's great. And um, yeah, don't have too much else to do. We covered everything. You know, the national championship. Again, congrats to North Carolina. They win that. Uh, reluctant. I mean, it was it was not good, but it was still something. I guess. I mean, congrats to UNC for winning it all. 
And uh, yeah, we'll let's just see what we can find here in the sports update for SDSU since uh, there's really nothing else, uh, nothing else to talk about, and you know, we don't have a whole lot going on in the world of sports. So yeah, let's uh, let's get the old gojacks.com work in here if our internet would work would be phenomenal there we go uh, baseball we'll start with them uh, big weekend series over Fort Wayne the Jackrabbits are 13 and 11 on the season they swept Fort Wayne one nothing 12-2 and 10-6. They did lose at Iowa on Tuesday 4-3. Finish up with Iowa on Wednesday at 3 p.m. So you'll know that by then. And then a three game series at North Dakota State here this Friday at 6:30 p.m. first pitch. Saturday 1 p.m. first pitch. That's April 8th. And then Sunday April 9th 1 p.m. first pitch. They're at Creighton in Omaha at TD Ameritrade Park on Tuesday April 11th. In a three-game series at Western Illinois, at Macomb, there next weekend. Golf, the Missouri uh, Tiger Intercollegiate Tournament is going on this weekend, uh, April 10th and 11th. The Tiger Invitational in Columbia, Missouri, so good luck to the golf team there. Uh, track and field, they're doing their thing right now, so... If we pull that up here. Well, first, let, let's check in on the tennis team. Uh, been down here for tennis. We've mentioned that here uh, a time or two or three. Uh, currently 3-17 and 17 on the year. They beat North Dakota on Sunday, March 26th, 5-2. Uh, to two. Then uh, this past weekend, lost against Oral Roberts and Omaha, both 7 nothing. They are off now until April 21st when they take on Omaha or uh, IUPUI, rather. And then, as for track and field, they had a number of different meets last week, competitions in Minnesota and Texas. Uh, full results can be found at gojacks.com. They were at the Bobcat Invitational in San Marcos. The uh, the SMSU Mustang Open was in Marshall, so did some stuff there. The Stanford Invitational in Palo Alto. Uh, there's even some stuff at the San Francisco State Distance Carnival in San Francisco. So all those results can be found at gojacks.com. They are at the Dakota Duels in Vermilion this Saturday, April 8th. So good luck to the teams there, and that goes for the women as well women's golf get to that here the team dominant as always they are going to be in the Kansas City shootout in Kansas City that's April 9th and 10th will be their last tournament before the Summit League Championship here at the end of April softball uh, kind of a mixed year they're 14 and 23 on the year currently, though, uh, it's been a bit of a rough stretch. They've lost 
eight of nine games. They lost two of three over the weekend in Vermillion against USD, seven to six on Saturday, and then but they came back and beat USD ten to three before losing the series finale eight to nothing on Sunday. They have a doubleheader in North Dakota against Grand Fork or in Grand Forks against North Dakota. That's on Wednesday, and then the following two they're off for the weekend and the following Tuesday, a doubleheader at UMKC before they come home for a series against Fort Wayne. Finally, to tennis, been a bad year for the, the men. It hasn't been great for the women either. Currently a five-match losing streak. They lost to Oral Roberts 6-1 to one on Saturday, 6-1 to one to Omaha on Friday, and 7 to nothing to Northern Arizona on Sunday. They are off until April 14th when they take on Denver and USD that weekend. That's your SDSU Sports Update. For more on these stories, uh, statistics, schedule, so much more, go to GoJacks.com. A lot of good, hard-working people keeping you up to date on the latest regarding Jackrabbit Athletics. Again, congrats to North Carolina winners of the national championship. March Madness is is done. It's a good tournament. Always love these uh, three weeks of college basketball. Love college basketball season in general. And can't wait for it to begin again. Again, the Masters this week. Baseball's starting. We have the... Uh, the stack will have a baseball preview that uh, obviously my knowledge is not nearly as good as Travis's. So uh, this uh, the baseball preview will be entertaining to read, to say the least. But we'll have that. Otherwise, not a whole lot else new here. I think we can wrap up this show. So, uh, again, find this on iTunes. Find the, the sports block. Also put it on Twitter and Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Otherwise, search on iTunes podcast for the sports block appreciate travis for his time as always next week big show we hope to get marcus Traxler on to preview the nhl playoffs travis will preview the nba playoffs and we'll see if we can get jeff Lloyd the second from turn on the for a little nfl draft talk if not we'll get him on the next week it's a big podcast lined up for you this week and all throughout the nba nhl playoffs and of course the nfl draft so tune in again next week thank you for listening we hope you download us on itunes listen to us again next week on the sports block podcast nathan stack and signing off we'll talk to you next week